Hi, I'm Erin Kelly, and I just did an interview with The Access Show. I always knew that I wanted to go into some type of profession where I was helping others. That's the cool thing about being a trainer is you can unlock these people's potential and make them see that they're stronger than they think they are. Hi, and welcome to The Access Show. It's the place where you can find life hacks on how to become the best version of yourself and achieve your goals. We show you how to walk the talk from successful people. And today we're joined by Erin. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. That's a pleasure. So can you give us a quick overview of what you do just for the viewers? Yeah, so um, again, my name is Erin Kelly. Um, I am a general manager of a fitness center in uh, Chicago's downtown Loop area. Um, I also um, recently have started uh, my own Instagram account where I do uh, virtual offerings such as virtual personal training, virtual group exercise classes. Um, and I also um, am a retreat, uh, wellness retreat um, host and and a facilitator. Mm -hmm. And were you always into the fitness industry or you just kind of fell into it along the way? Yeah, so basically how I got into it, um, growing up I was always in dance and competitive uh, cheerleading. Um, so I was always active through those types of um, activities. Um, but as uh, I got older, I kind of lost interest in, in those um, activities, mm -hmm. but I still wanted to stay active. Um, so actually in high school, uh, my junior, senior year, we were able to pick like different types of gym classes. Um, and I ended up taking what was then called a conditioning gym class, which was mostly all girls. Um, and uh, our teacher uh, was just very inspiring and she taught us how to take care of our bodies and not just take care of our bodies, but actually like and le learn and love to take care of them um, as we get got older. Um, and I knew that I wanted to, I always knew that I wanted to go into some type of profession where I was helping others. Um, actually, I first, uh, just wanted to be a nurse, which is kind of funny looking back now because I'm very squeamish. Mm -hmm. I get like so um, exasperated if I have to go give blood. Like I let my palms like sweat, like it's just not good. I've passed out a few times from it. It's just ridiculous. Um, so the fact that I even thought that I could even do that was ridiculous. Um, but uh, I remember actually going to uh, some college visits and we did like breakout sessions and I went to the nursing one with my mom and uh, I remember whoever the guy that was talking just really freaked me out and I remember looking at my mom and just like shaking my head no. <laughs> And after we like left the college, she was like, well, you have to figure out like what you're going to do. Cause I'm not just going to send you to college for you to like mess around. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you need to like have a plan. So it took me a, a little while to figure out what I wanted to do. But, um, then I, I was like, well, I still want to help people, but maybe I could go into the more preventative side of things with exercise and nutrition and things like that. So that's when I decided to major in uh, exercise science and it just kind of snowballed from there. Mm -hmm. That's amazing how one decision or one experience can just change the whole direction of your life. 
And, uh, and can yeah. I ask you, when you made this decision to, to go into fitness, was there someone there with you, like a, like a mentor, or, uh, or did you do all that yourself? Yeah, so that, um, going back to that high school gym teacher, um, I just really idolized her um, as a young woman, and uh, she just made exercise seem so much fun. It was never a punishment. Um, it was something that empowered us and made us feel good. And I wanted others to feel that same way, because um, unfortunately, even still, people still categorize exercise as something that you do to punish yourself um, and it, it really shouldn't be the case um, so she was really my inspiration to kind of get into fitness in general just for myself um, but as I kind of went through you know my curriculum and other things um, she's always been in the back of my head and we actually reconnected um, last year over snapchat which is random um but uh now she follows me on instagram and it's just really cool to uh see her interact with my posts when as like a 17 year old girl i just like idolized her so much and now she yeah. sees me kind of like following in her footsteps in certain ways so it's cool yeah 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 that sounds like it i heard this quote the other day about being uh less impressed and more involved with the people who we used to look up to. So kind of putting them down at eye level or, or up at eye level even to kind of interact with them in that human way. And, um, but about mentors, do you think that in fitness specifically, it's important to have someone who can guide you through uh, your process, how to find all that? Or do you think that this is something that you can do on your own? I think that you should definitely have somebody um, kind of guiding you through. Um, reason being is because the fitness industry can be a little intimidating um, to get into, especially when you're first starting. Um, I remember when I graduated and then I did an internship for a little bit um, in Florida, actually, I'm now in Chicago, but uh, I was doing an internship for a couple months in a corporate wellness facility. Um, and that's when I really learned how to like, actually like interact with people like, yeah, I was going through the coursework and learning all the things about the human body and how to make workouts and how to do all these things. But until you can actually apply it to an, a real human being, it's a totally different game. Um, so having um, two people that were kind of like our bosses, but they were really just our mentors to like kind of guide us through the internship um, really helps um, because they can kind of teach you how to you know, and, and interpret like all these, the different information that you just learned in like your coursework um, to actual human beings that need your help. Um, so that was really um, beneficial for me um, because again, it's just totally different game when you're actually interacting with an actual human <laughs> and not just like, okay, this person has bad knees and you know you write out your program but when you actually have to implement it and teach it to somebody else totally different game so um definitely definitely recommend having mentors um because even though you do learn a lot in your coursework um you can learn so much more from others especially when they've been in the game for way longer than you have <laughs>
And did you get like imposter syndrome at the beginning, you know, when you first have to coach somebody? And I feel like I'm not sure I could even do it, you know, at the beginning. I'm like, yeah. I'm just starting. Did you get that? 100%. Um, I'm just, I've been um, training for about five years now, and I'm still kind of getting over some of that imposter syndrome. Um, so, you know, it's, you have the knowledge in your head. Yeah. But sometimes you are nervous that, well, do I even know how to like help this person? Or do I even know um, like how to uh, like show them how to do this move specifically for them and what works for them? And um, do they even think that I know what I'm talking about? Like, what are they thinking? Like, as I'm training them, that was a huge thing for me yeah. um, was like, do they think I'm smart? Like, why are they like, why did they pick me to like be their trainer? Like, are they, they thinking like, why did I pick her to be my trainer? Like definitely imposter syndrome for sure. Um, but kind of some things that helped me kind of get out of that imposter syndrome is just continuously learning. Um, you know, you learn a lot of things in your initial coursework, but as years go by, you know, different research comes out, things change very rapidly in the fitness industry. Um, so keeping up with your continuing education is very key. Um, and also just knowing that having imposter syndrome in general is normal. Mm -hmm. um, and the more you get yourself in front of more people, the um, more confident you will feel. Right. Um, so and yeah the the like the fitness industry is i think super competitive and uh so how do you deal with that do you just don't look at what's going on outside or maybe when you go to the gym and everybody has like their personal trainer uh how, how does it work like do you just focus on what you're doing and whatever's going on outside you don't look at it or are you like what's going on yeah so um a couple things with that um you, if you are interested in getting into the health and wellness industry, you're, you might, you might be thinking, well, the market is so saturated, like there's so many trainers out there and fitness influencers and, you know, all the people. Um, so how can I like really make a difference? And, you know, do I even like, does that market even need me to be there? And just know that you as an individual um, are different from you or you're gonna train a different way than somebody else trains. Um, even though we, most of us are all given the same knowledge, um, the way that you implement your knowledge is gonna be totally different than how I do it. And that's good because guess what? I can't help everybody and you can't help everybody. Um, so just knowing that is is key into um just getting into you know getting clients in general yeah. and things like that um and also just not being afraid of talking to people <laughs> it sounds like so like duh but it can be intimidating um to go up to people that you don't know yeah. and um kind of putting yourself out there um but until you put yourself out there no one's going to know who you are so you can't just expect to sit there and have people come to you especially in the beginning you have to make a name for yourself once you do that then people will start 
to come to you um, because of referrals and things like that. But in the very beginning, it's so important to just get out there. And speaking of like putting yourself out there, how do you kind of um, keep it, you know, about the, the people that you train, the quality of all that in this day and age where we, where we have to advertise what we do so much that it can almost overtake the actual thing that we're doing, you know what I mean? How do you, uh, how do you deal with that? Yeah, so um, correct me if I'm wrong with your question, um, but uh, kind of how I interpreted that was that, you know, you, when you're working with somebody, you might think like, oh, like this, this is what I think their goal should be, but maybe their goal is something totally different. Um, and that actually does happen a lot. Um, so if you work with maybe someone that's a little bit older, that's in the 50 to 60 age range, and their main goal is to lose weight, but you see that they can't do certain movements correctly or that they have some type of imbalance or whatever it is that is happening that you notice that you're like, oh, like I can correct that, but maybe that's not part of their goal. Um, is that kind of what you were asking? Yeah, 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 something along the lines of that. I really, okay. because I have, I have no knowledge of how it is to, to train someone in, in anything that is fitness related. Yeah. So, uh, just that whole picture for me wasn't clear. Okay, cool. Yeah. So when those types of situations happen, um, you know, in order for a client to lose weight and like do all of these things that they want to be able to do, they do have to move properly. Um, so there is a way to combine both of those things, but always, always keep your client's goal in the front. Um, so, uh, and it's okay to, it's okay for their goals to change too. So it's really important that when you're working with your clients, that you're not just taking them through the workout, that you're actually getting to know them, you're talking to them, you are just getting to know how they go about their day, um, because you have them for only a specific amount of time. Mm -hmm. And for me, usually that's only about 30 minutes. So 30 minutes out of however many minutes there are in a day, mm -hmm. in, a, in a week even. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if they're only coming to you for those 30 minutes and that's the only time that they're putting in towards their goals, that can be frustrating um, because as we know, when we are going through and trying to accomplish goals, especially fitness goals, they take time um, and lifestyle changes. So the more that you can talk to them, the more that they trust you and the more you can inspire them to take their fitness and their health in their own hands outside of you, is going to be key in their success and then in your success as well. Um, because if they're going to get, if they lose that five pounds that they want to lose and you help them to get there, now they trust you mm. and they're not going to, that trust is not going to be lost. Um, and uh, I think I'm kind of going off subject now, but <laughs> basically what I'm trying to say is, um, get to know your client, 
Mm -hmm. um, and listen to them and always keep their goal in the forefront. Mm -hmm. But you can always incorporate some things that you think will help them um, by gaining their trust um, and by getting to know them, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I feel like good transparency and communication is pretty much key in yes. like making sure even if their goals are related to maybe a problem that you have to fix, uh, if you tell them and they understand it, I'm sure it's gonna work. And, yes. uh, and regarding your own goals, uh, how do you set goals for your business? And like, do you just focus on growing a little bit each day or do you have like numbers and targets that you wanna achieve? Yeah, so um, as far as goal setting goes for my business, personal goals, all of those things, I, there's, um, couple guidelines that I usually use. Um, you guys may have heard of these guidelines. They're called SMART goals. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, each letter in the word SMART um, stands for something. So S is for specific, M is for measurable, A is for attainable, R is for realistic, and T is for timely. So um, what that does um, in your goal setting is it just makes it more specific um, and you're more likely to achieve those goals if you abide by those kind of guidelines. Um, so for example, if a goal of mine is to gain 200 followers by the end of the month, then how am I going to do that? It's not just like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to just, these 200 followers are just going to pop out of nowhere. That's not how things work, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Um, so by making specific goals, like, all right, I'm going to post on my Instagram five times every week. Um, these are what the posts are going to be about. Um, it's going to, I'm going to spend this much amount of time each week working on that content, you know, just the more specific you can make those goals, the more you are likely to attain them. Um, so uh, those are kind of the guidelines that I use to set my own personal goals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And do you believe in unattainable goals, like the idea of shooting for the moon and landing in the stars, you know, kind of just going for something, but not hitting that target, but landing somewhere where you're satisfied? Or do you think that it's a good idea to set goals that you can reach? Um, I think, I think both are good, honestly. Um, I think that there is a way to look at, you know, the very big picture, you know, those, those stars that you're trying to aim for, um, or the moon that you're trying to aim for. Um, and, you know, start there and then work your way backwards. How are you going to get to the moon? And then with those small goals, you can get to the moon. And maybe you realize throughout those small goals that I don't want to get to the moon. I actually want to get to Jupiter. That's okay. And you can change the route that you go. It's okay for your goals to change. Okay. Yeah. So the idea of kind of keeping goals malleable sounds, uh, sounds really interesting to me because I always thought that a goal had to be a goal and it had to stay like that until you achieve it and after you've achieved it maybe you want to change it for the next time but um is there something in that kind of uh in the fitness world in training people that taught you something about life that you just that you now use every day yeah so through training people um you really just 
when you're the trainer and you see other people and their um, hardships, mm-hmm. um, what their personal fitness goals are, what they're capable of, what they didn't even think they were capable of, um, is really something that inspires me um, as a trainer and just as a human being in general. Um, I see others potential more, most of the time, more than what they see. So a lot of times I'll say, all right, like we're going to increase our weight and our squat today. And sometimes they look at me and they're like, what? I can't do that. I'm like, yes, you can. (laughs) I wouldn't give you something that I didn't think you could accomplish. And that's the cool thing about being a trainer is you can unlock these people's potential um and make them see that they're stronger than they think they are um and they can accomplish so much more and that can when they realize that through fitness a lot of times they realize that in other things throughout their life as well um so something that uh one of my uh mentors um told me was that um you know, when you sign up to be a trainer, like you think like, okay, like I'm going to be a trainer. I'm going to take these people through these workout routines. And then you realize that you're honestly more of a therapist than you are (laughs) a trainer. And that is 100% true. Um, because again, if you're being genuine and you're getting to know these people, they're going to start to confide in you and other things besides just their fitness goals. Um, so Again, I think I'm going off tangent again. <laughs> um, but uh, basically, uh, being a trainer is one of the best jobs because you just get to connect with so many different people um, and impact them in a bigger way than just fitness. How was that switch for you going from actually you know, doing the exercises yourself, being trained, to having to explain these exercises and even teaching them to people. How did you handle that switch? Yeah, so um, it's funny because when I was first getting into fitness, I think that it's a common thing for most women to just stick to cardio. So, you know, I'd be on the elliptical or be on the Stairmaster. That's all I did. I never lifted weights, never did any of those things. Um, And then towards the end of my coursework, that's when, you know, you start to learn how to teach people how to do these different types of movements. And, you know, I'm like, am I even doing these movements right? Like, how? and that's where imposter syndrome again comes in. Like, can I even squat properly? Like, who am I to teach someone how to squat when like, do I even really know what I'm doing? Um, So that's where your knowledge is going to benefit you. So um, don't ever be afraid to ask for help. Um, and mentorship is really key in that. You can, you know, I'm still learning mm-hmm. even when I'm five, six years into it. Um, so basically when you're going from, don't just do what you are comfortable with. Um, get outside of your comfort zone and that's what's going to teach you how to teach others that's a good advice that's really good advice and uh so you probably like hit the gym on your personal time and you're probably with clients all the time so how do you like balance and maybe put a wall in between like your personal and professional life 
Yes, definitely. Um, so Google Calendar is my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, it's not just a joke. Um, I so basically, what's nice about the um, the environment that I'm in is that I'm in a corporate fitness center. I'm not in a commercial center. So what that means is, is that um, it's not like an LA fitness or not just anyone from off the street can come into the center. Um, it's only people that work inside the building. Okay. Um, so I'm only here for specific hours throughout the week. Um, so it, most trainers, when you're first starting out, if you're in an LA fitness, whatever, you your hours are all over the place because you're just trying, especially in the beginning, you're just trying to get clients. Yeah. So if they want to work out at 5 a.m., you're there at 5 a.m. And if there's a client that wants to work out with you at 8 p.m., guess what? You're there at 8 p.m. Yeah. too. Sometimes it can it can vary a lot um but for me I'm lucky and I'm in this corporate setting so I have set hours that I'm here um so I work eight to nine hours a day so kind of basically like how other people work um so that definitely helps I'm not gonna lie um <laughs> But again, Google Calendar is my best friend. So, you know, I put all my clients into, you know, my schedule for the day and seeing those spaces in between, you know, clients, I'm like, all right, this is when I'm going to get this done. This is when I'm going to get my workout done. Um, and if I can see the schedule on there, I'm pretty good at sticking to it. Of course, random things pop up sometimes. Um, but for the most part, just being able to have that visually for me really helps me kind of separate like all right this is my time and then this is my client's time and do you do like the same for your personal time as well or like i know like for a while i was obsessed with google calendar and i was like putting everything like meditation from 6 to 6 30 then workout from 6 30 to 7 and at some point i was like you know what take it easy and just like enjoy and yeah. you think it works best for you like when you plan everything on your personal time or do you like it just to relax and chill? Yeah. So for personal time, it's like me kind of outside the gym. Um, I also have kind of went back and forth kind of similar to you where I'm like, all right, like when I get home, like from this time to this time, I'm going to watch Netflix and this time to this time, I'm going to like do whatever. Um, I've kind of gotten away from that um, because, you know, when I get home, like, I'm like, all right, like, this is my time. I can do what I want. I don't have to like stick to a schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the things that I mainly like 100% I'm going to make time for every single day is some type of movement, whether it's lifting, walking, whatever, Peloton, whatever. Um, so some type of movement and then, uh, time to just relax on the couch and then time with my dog. So I just actually did get a dog uh, in August. Um, so he's still a little a little pup. He's only five months old, so he needs a lot of attention. <laughs> so when I get home, it's like, all right, all my attention is mostly to the dog. Um, but yeah. And how do you how do you take time to, to focus on yourself and give yourself a break sometimes? Because I know it can be hard when working with other people, all your attention is on them, on fixing an issue they might have or on maybe making this better. 
how do you kind of turn the attention on yourself in your personal time when, when you know you have to do things for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in the beginning, that was something that I struggled with was, you know, when you get these, when you get these clients and you first get into the industry, you know, you are like gung ho, like I'm going to change all these people's lives. Mm -hmm. I'm going to help them lose weight. I'm going to help them, you know, do all of these things. And yes, you are there to help them. Um, but it's, it's, it's um, hard to find that line to draw um, because a lot of times, and this is going to sound a little bit negative on my part, um, but there's only so much that you can do for someone before, um, like, are you actually helping them with all the time that you're spending on like extra programming, extra nutrition help, all these extra things? Are they even using those things that you're giving them? Um, you know, unfortunately there are some clients that yes, like if you put in the extra time for them, then they're going to, they're going to use all those extra things that you give them. But then there's those other clients that maybe aren't as motivated as others. And, um, if you're, you know, writing, spending an hour, extra hour a day, writing out workouts for them to do on their own, and they're not even doing them, it's like, what you know you have to find that balance yeah. um so first i would just first of all just notice like okay like how motivated are these clients and you know those clients that are like super motivated and like will do anything you tell them to do then yes spend that extra time with that with those clients but the others, it sounds bad to say like, well, don't spend extra time with them. But until they get to that point where they are motivated and they are going to do those extra things that you give them, then that's when you can kind of go into that. Um, but for me, it's easier for me to, um, as soon as I get home, that's kind of like, all right, this is my time. You know, my when I'm at the gym, that's my time to do work, be with clients, you know, write out the extra things for them as soon as I get home that's it <laughs> so that's kind of what I've done for myself and when you have like maybe uh, or or during like the entire day but especially when you have someone that is not as motivated as others and you can't really like hold their hands and just do like push like do push-ups yeah. for them and stuff like that and how do you stay like in a in a positive mindset do you have like tricks or do you just meditate or breathe or how does it work? Yeah, so it can be a little um, discouraging just as a trainer when your client isn't listening to you per se yeah. <laughs> um, or doing the exact opposite of what you're telling them to do, right? And uh, it's, it's frustrating when, and you're right, you can't hold their hand. You can't go to their house and go through their pantry and throw away all the yeah. You can't walk with them to McDonald's and make sure that they, you know, slap their hand and no, don't walk into McDonald's, you know, like make your food and bring it. Um, so just know that you're doing the best that you can. And until they are 100, they have to be in, in that mindset of that they're ready to change until they're in that mindset. Unfortunately, there's nothing that you can really do do for them as, as, unless you are like in 
while you're in the session with them, you know, that's your time. And maybe as you're going through your exercises with them, that's your time to help them change their mindset. Um, you know, don't, it's not a reflection of you as a trainer when your client fails. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times it can be like, Oh, like my client isn't getting the results that they want. It's my fault. Um, but if you are giving them the tools that they need and they're not, um, using those tools, you know, there's, it's, it's, it's a fine line basically yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Um, so just knowing that and, um, with those types of clients help when you're with them, just helping them with their mindset and um, whatever roadblocks that they're kind of coming up with. Um, that's when you can like really like hammer it in um, on how to help them with those blocks. But again, until they take your advice, it's kind yeah, of on right. them. Yeah. So just, just knowing that, that you, that um, you're not a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> you can try, but. <laughs> yeah. I understand that. And I love your, your viewpoint on that kind of um, a, a trainer as someone who nurtures uh, their client. I, I really do respect that. But can I ask you, as a, as a GM, is it sometimes hard to focus on, on the, the, the personal aspect with, uh, with someone as opposed to, you know, the, the numbers and uh, the organization and all that? And if so, how do, you, how do you focus on the person more when you're with them? How do you stay present? Yeah, so for me... I would say that I'm pretty good at um, like when I'm doing certain things, I know that that is my time for those specific things. So when I'm with the client, it's all about the client. I'm not thinking about, Oh, like I don't, I didn't hit like our like member number that we're supposed to be at this month or, you know, I'm not thinking about those things while I'm with the client, while I'm with the client, it's all about them. It's about, you know, how can I help them? As soon as I'm done with the client and I'm not with anybody else, then it's, all right, this is my time. Again, those spaces in those Google calendars. <laughs> this is my time to, all right, how can I hit these numbers for the gym? How can I do all of these things um, to basically hit budget or whatever it is, whatever the numbers are that you're trying, trying to get. Um, that that is the time to um hit those numbers and if you let's say you're like knocking it out of the park in personal training um and your schedule is just like back to back to back to back and i've been i've been there pre-covid <laughs> i was i was there like back to back to back and then you're like well crap my whole day is gone i haven't spent any time you know going over like member member lists and wellness events and all these other things that I have to do well that's when you kind of have to take a step back and maybe you do work a little bit extra on those days where you're like back to back to back um or there's an uh, if you don't want to do that then it's like okay well then do I not accept any new clients at this time um do I group some clients into like a small group training session instead so like I have some have some uh, uh, more time throughout the day so that I can work on these things. Um, there's lots of lots of different ways that you can do it, but just 
um, if you are managing a facility, your time management skills is what's gonna what's gonna help help with that. So um, Google Calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Google Calendar is the best. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, organize like for all the organizing freaks out there, like it's like putting slots and stuff that you have to do. It's just like yeah. it feels so good. Like yeah. Type A's person dream. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we've been talking for a while now and I could ask questions like for a while, but I think we're going to put an end to this and uh, it's promo time for you. So like if you want to promote the hell out of your Instagram account or anything else, just go ahead. <laughs> All right. Um, well, if um, anybody is interested in um, having me coach them, um, I do have an Instagram. Um, my handle is at Bells and Kells. Um, if you don't have an Instagram, I also have a Facebook page. Same same logo, Bells and Kells. Um, uh, if you're local to Chicago, I do in-person training here in the Loop and as well in Logan Square. Um, if you aren't in Chicago, that's okay because I also do virtual personal training via Zoom, Google Meet, FaceTime, anything that works for you. Um, so if you are interested in either of those things, you can reach out to me through Facebook or Instagram. Um, I also... Um, do virtual group exercise classes Monday through Friday um, at noon central time. So if you're interested in those, that's also something. Um, and then uh, also I um, am doing, uh, I do uh, wellness, uh, wellness events and uh, retreats. With COVID um, kind of going on right now, I have to kind of put those in-person events um, on hold, but I'm hoping that with the vaccine and everything coming out um, that we can get back to those retreats soon. Um, so if you follow me on Instagram and Facebook, you'll be the first to know um, when those events and retreats happen. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm, what I'm doing right now 